Down and down again. Oh. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh. find her. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. In one of the most emotionally charged stories in War Games history tonight, as you guys hear me flipping through my pages of notes uh, or page of notes um tonight dusty Rhodes was made proud tonight or last night as i'm recording this um everything aligned um earlier this month we did a match in a month on what some people consider to be the greatest war games ever. And that was one with Paulie Dangerously and the Dangerous Alliance versus Sting's uh, Squadron. And that has a story to it, a very important story. And it just so happened in the year that Vince McMahon leaves WWE, Triple H takes over. He gets this story in his in, in in his lap, and legitimately is able to take advantage of a story of family, a story of you getting where you fit in, where you belong, who knows you, who does not know you, who has to protect who. This was even if you didn't like the match, the story being told in it. The split of Sami Zayn, which is still there, if you think about, it, if you look at that, it's it's tonight. Dusty Rose was made proud. His creation was treated well, not just well, it's treated great. And this can be a big blow off, or this can be where it was tonight. Hopefully, we won't have to get any more damage control versus Bianca Belair matches, right? That should be the end of that feud. Time for Bianca to move on. Time for Damage Control to move on. But this is a way to keep this story going. It is, and it is the best story in wrestling. The Bloodline, Sami Zayn stuff. But it's also just such a powerful story, dude. And this is why you have matches like this to enhance stories. This is why you need both. You can't just have vanilla all the time. You need vanilla and chocolate sometimes, strawberry as well. Um, wow. I did not watch it live. I watched the replay, and I watched it in two parts. I got home really late, watched the first half of the pay-per-view, watched the second half of the pay-per-view this morning, Sunday morning as I'm recording this. Um, first of all, let's welcome to the show, guys. Welcome to the Monday show. Um, I do have some programming notes to get to. We'll get to that at the end of this show, so stick around. I uh, hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving as we are heading into this last month of the year. Uh, actually, my birthday is Tuesday, so um, that's how I know the end of the year is here is when my birthday's coming around. Uh, but I'm just going to get right into War Games, and then we'll get to the notes and AEW and stuff like that. I don't have many things this week, so, but I did want to point out some stuff. So... 
War Games starts off with Survivor Series, excuse me, starts off with the women's War Games match where it's Team Belair versus Team Damage Control, essentially. And Team Belair won. I thought this was a good one. I just think for me, the reason why I'm not going to expand on it much is because I feel like it's time for Bianca Belair to move on. If we're not doing a title change with her and uh, Bailey, it's time to move on. I will say we saw some interesting matchups in there. Like we we got to finally see Rhea and Bianca in the ring. Remember, before Rhea had that uh, injury, she was the number one contender for that women's championship. And now the thing that changes the game is now Becky Lynch is a face. Ronda Rousey is the SmackDown Women's Champion, and we still have no side of Charlotte Flair. At this point, I would have to assume she's going to be in the Royal Rumble, and I would assume it's Bianca versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, but I don't... Here's my thing. I don't want to put Sins of Vince on Triple H. Not yet. I don't know where Charlotte Flair fits into the whole... WrestleMania thing, she will be back before Mania, obviously. I just don't know where. I don't know how. Because... Nothing right now is in clear sight, but to me, the Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey thing. You, you legitimately have Ronda Rousey or Shotzi Blackheart tonight. No disrespect to Shotzi, I like Shotzi. But no one cares about that match. We know the match that needs to happen at Mania. And that match, I believe, will happen. Now, it may not main event because if they're getting Austin, if they're getting The Rock and it's Hollywood, Roman Reigns is main eventing. Roman Reigns is the top star in this company. He will main event one of those nights. If you're getting Austin and Rock, if The Rock and Reigns are facing each other, they're main eventing one night. If Austin is, depending on who Austin's opponent is, Kevin Owens was definitely a main eventable uh, character. But if he's putting someone like LA Knight and I'm like, no, they're not main eventing, which means in the women's should main event. But we will see. But um, I actually did not have any. This match was still good, and I love the fact that they, the people they brought back, they added it. Like you had the Mia Yims in there, you know, like you have the Dakota Kai's, the EO Skies. Like to me, seeing these people get these women, excuse me, get the opportunity to. Um, to be in some spotlight and treat it much better. And I know Mia Yim's name was changed to mention this past week, but I, I, then I saw it was changed back to Mia Yim. I don't know why that was. Um, thought that was a little weird. So I'm just going to keep calling her. I'm not calling her anything else. I just, I'm just going to call her Mia Yim. But um, yeah, this match was good, but I just, this feud hasn't, it hasn't done it for me, you know? So that's I just don't know what to say to that. Um, in a match that was really good, especially once you got all the outside interference out, uh, AJ Styles defeated Finn Balor clean. This was and actually they're I think on the main roster they're one and one because Finn Balor as a demon defeated AJ Styles a couple years ago. Uh, but this match was good, especially once you got out the OC and the Judgment Day, and they went and started going at it. The match turned out to be a really good match. Uh, Austin Theory regains the U.S. title. <laughs> <laughs> the one that he wasted the money in the bank briefcase on, which was hilarious. I just, I, I, I sat back and said, I think, and for as much as Triple H has liked Austin Theory, 
I, 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 obviously, I think he wants him to be a little more serious on the main roster. This is how you do it. Now you have one of Raw's baby top baby faces and Seth Rollins losing that U.S. title. And honestly, that U.S. title, the fact that people are fighting so aggressively for it, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Theory, it makes that title, it elevates that title so much more. But Theory is now a two-time U.S. champion. Ronda Rousey retains her women's championship. And then the match I was just talking about. This is, to me, the entire night. The story with Jey Uso going into the locker room of Roman Reigns and saying, hey, I can't trust him. And the Reigns saying, you focus on tonight. Let me handle it. Then they called Sami Zayn in. And Zayn is like pleading and begging. And Reigns like, you understand, dude. Like, I, I like you, but this is my family. I, and I have to make sure that nothing hurts them. Like, you can see both. Whether you think, it doesn't matter if you're a heel or a baby face. If you tell me you can't understand someone protecting their family, I call bullshit. 120% bullshit. And then you see Sami Zayn, who finally feels like he he's belong. He belongs. And he's like, no, this is my family as well. It's not blood, but it's my... How can you not relate to this guy being stuck between someone he's known for 25 years? His family. To his new family. And both are asking for loyalty. And the good thing about this relationship is Kevin Owens has turned his back on Sami Zayn plenty of times to get where he needed to go. <laughs> so it's just, it makes the more dramatic thing. Then we go into the War Games match. And Jay is the first one. He's getting beat down by, uh, by, by Butch and uh, whatever his name is. And Jay, Jimmy is chomping at the bit to get out. And, and for those of you guys wondering, you guys can tell I'm back in my house now because the acoustics are different. Uh, they're normal. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, Roman holds on to Jimmy. says, no, you back in this cage. Sammy, you go. Now you see, you start to see where the first test. And Sammy is still trying to prove himself. And Jay just does not, he... He's been consistent. He is. He will not believe that this guy is loyal. Sammy saves Jay. Jay still pushes him off. Even Jay at one point super kicks Sammy. And Jimmy's like trying to like say, what are you doing, dude? We need to be on the same team. You see this dissension. And it looks like, whoa, the bloodline. You, I always knew the bloodline was going to win. But you look and say, man, this, 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 this story they're telling of Roman Reigns just looking in the ring, saying, you guys aren't prepared, you guys aren't focused, because Jay just won't, he won't trust this guy. And, once again, if you if you are diplomatic enough, you could understand all sides here. People are trying to protect themselves, their family, the thing that's the most important thing in this storyline is their blood, is the thing they know they can trust. When's the last time you ever heard of a Samoan beefing with another Samoan. We won't hear about it because they won't tell us. They know that they're going to tell us that they hate you, though. And you see it all throughout this match. And they were so good. They had one stare-off between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They never touched. 
when I say this was, it's too, so my early reaction is, this is my favorite war game story-wise, but I know I'm being a prisoner in the moment, but I enjoyed this so much because of the psychology. Because to me, this is stuff you can write, but without the perfect execution, it means nothing. So good. They didn't touch in that. Owens, Zane never touched because Kevin Owens said, No, I don't need to touch you. I need to touch them to get through to your head. And Samuel just warned him, Just stay away, dude. Just stay the fuck away. Let me do my thing. You know, let me do my thing. Just so powerful. Then you then you come in. Is this this was everyone that the bloodline is wrong? But if you even think deeper about it, think deeper about this. Haven't they wronged Roman Reigns in some kind of way? Michael Cole brought this up on commentary. Twenty seventeen. Sheamus cashed in money in the bank at Survivor Series. After Roman Reigns won his first ever WWE Championship, after having a tournament that Seth Rollins was champion, he gets injured, tears his Achilles. Now the tournament. The tournament finals are Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose. Reigns wins the tournament, becomes a, his, gets his first ever WWE Championship match. Sheamus cashes in and takes it. Did you not start this monster? This is when Roman Reigns was being booed. More, just... Ridiculously booed. Did you not help to start this this monster of confidence in Roman Reigns? You benefited at his... Now he can't benefit. He had Triple H. Sheamus did. Now he can't benefit from his bloodline? Just saying. It's just one of those things where... Full circle. Things can go back to being that way, but powerful story. End of the match. Sami Zayn is laying there. Battle between Owens and, and, and Reigns, which I'm assuming this, 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 that could be his next feud. Stunner. One, two, oh. Here's, I'm so, I'm so excited about this. This is orgasmic. <laughs> Zayn never touched Owens. He specifically went to the referee and held the referee's count up. He never touched Owens. And Owens just wouldn't get out the fucking way. How many times have we told friends, hey, stay out of the fucking way. Just, just, just let me do my thing. Let me live my life. Like, we don't have to do this, right? Like, stay out of my way. Let me do my thing. You do your thing. But the friends, like, your situation is in my way to get what I want. Powerful. Fucking powerful. They're just looking at each other. And now Zane's saying, this is my family. This is my family. Then, oh, this is your family? And he's, he has the hair of rain. This is your family? Jimmy tries to slide in. Super King catches it. Then the low blow. Then the the the, the, the conflict in his mind. Sammy's mind. He's, and then he kneels to Roman. Says something to Roman. I couldn't. I watched it like three or four times. I couldn't make out what he said to Roman. But then Roman just shook his head, looked over at Owens, like, finish it. Then all you see is Sammy, just a hell of a kick. And I know it's I know it's Oluva, but I like saying hell of a kick. Hell of a kick. Owens falls into his arms. 
Jay is on out, just looking at him. He's on the ropes. And Sammy's looking at Kevin like, you stupid mother bleeper. Couldn't just stay out of my effing way. Throws Kevin Owens on the mat as a sacrifice. This is what I had to do. Finish it. Jay splashes him. Gets the win. What a, think about this. Roman Reigns just did an interview. I think it was out of character. But I can't. I could. I feel like by the way it was transcribed, it was out of character. But I didn't actually hear it. But he said the most emotional opponent he had was with Jay, and that's because they're really brothers. Like they, they, they're really that close. And he said, "Made Jay, what you did, made Jay a star." Jay's won the Andre John Bell Royal. He's now one half of the longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history. Getting the pin and war This dude has had a. This dude is a star now because of this 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 few starting with Roman. And he said that that was the most emotional opponent to have, which you see this, and now Jay gets the pin. Then Roman stands up, embraces, and I love what Cole said. The honorary maybe I would not be surprised if that's the next step of this. It's for it to then him be no longer an honorary it was for him to be a full blown ooze. And then you see the embrace that's Sammy's wanted for months. It's from Jay. And I know where the story's going. We know the bloodline will turn. What happens if he turns on the bloodline, though? What happens if he takes Kevin Owens' advice and he sees something before they do? He says, fuck it, they're going to hit me first. I'm gonna hit them. Have we thought about that? We're so stuck as fans on one way sometimes. What happens if he fucks up so bad? He fucks up so good. Sammy Zayn. He said, man, fuck this. I'm going out with a bang. And he attacks the bloodline. We thought about that. I'm not saying it's, it fits the story, but why doesn't it fit the story? I'm not saying it's going to be better than the other one. We don't know yet. We, this story is still has at least two or three months to be played out. Because I'm assuming the match they have penciled at WrestleMania is the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for those tag team championships. And that's what the Usos will, will lose those tag team championships. They're not keeping their tag team championships any longer than Roman Reigns. Longer than Roman Reigns has that WWE championship. He will go on to have a thousand day run. Which will be the most historic in history uh, of modern day. Not even John Cena. Was able, he, John Cena was able to do one year. He did 368 days. Then got injured. This dude's going to touch a thousand. Amazing. But you've seen at the end, Sammy Zane's still looking back at Kevin Owens like, did I make the right decision here? And Roman's still looking at him like. And so that's why I can see it being like a, a, a parade, or not parade, but like a party on Friday where legitimately he's like, here, his, you did this for us, this is what we're doing for you. But, man, Dusty Rhodes was made motherfucking proud tonight. Last night, excuse me. And I got goosebumps watching that show. Watching that main event. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, great stuff, man. Let's get some news and notes and some AEW, then we're getting out of here. WrestleMania 43 could be in Nashville. That's the early rumor there. Cain Velasquez will wrestle for AAA while on bail. That was announced by AAA. 
Dustin Rhodes needs multiple surgeries before he can wrestle again. Dynamite. Brian Danielson and Moxley spare Regal. We still do not know the relationship because as soon as Regal's about to talk, he said MJF won't be on the show until next week, which got booed. And then all of a sudden Moxley comes out walking slow. He's ready to kill this guy. And Brian gives this impassionate speech about how because of Regal, he was able to love his father before his father passed because of addiction and just once again, emotional roller coaster there, which is so deep, you know, and so cutting, so powerful. And um, Moxie's just looking and saying, Hey, your lordship, leave, run. I never want to see you again. Get out of here. This isn't over, but I don't think we're going to get, we're going to get those answers from Regal. I don't think MGF will give us the answers we, we, we we're craving. And he shouldn't. He's just he's, he's a good heel. But where does this leave the Blackpool Combat Club? Where is, like, Brian, the fact that Moxley respect Brian enough to let him, to let Regal live, was interesting move in itself. But, man, this was still, not much happened in this segment, but it was a powerful segment. Because of Brian's plea. Because of Moxley's love. And and, and, and him just not even need to understand, just saying, hey, you just gotta go. Um, but I can't wait to hear what MJF has to say about outside of the bragging. Uh, I, I saw his fiance on Twitter. Someone sent me a screenshot of it on my Instagram. I can't remember who, so sorry I can't give you credit. Um, but they sent me a message and they said, now he wants me. She, was, she's playing into this thing tr- tremendously, say, uh, saying, hey, you know, he wants me to call him champion. He walks around the bell, like complete great stuff. Um, Keith Lee and uh, Swerve Scott talk privately. After Keith Lee walked out on their tag team championship match, I assume this is going to lead to a one-on-one match um, between these two, and that's, and that's, that's going to be a fucking fun-ass match. Orange Cassidy defeated Jake Hager, and then afterwards, the House of Black returned and laid out the best friends and the factory and everybody. Like to know. Here's my thing, and this is where air quotes, no air quotes, because if you know air quotes, here's where I'm. Uh, Booking myself. Since they just killed everybody. Think about this. Think about if you have the, you have this best of seven series between the Elite and Death Triangle. They're going to wear each other out. And House of Black can just come and pick the bones up and take those trios championships. Like, the, the Elite does not need to have a long... They, they're going to win the the, 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 the the best of seven series and that's whatever, right? But they didn't... Imagine if the Elite win just to a, I don't know, a revolution... Then just get dismantled by the House of Black. That would be fantastic. Ricky Starks is your new number one contender at Winners Coming after defeating Eagle Ethan Page in the finals of the Eliminator Tournament. Death Triangle defeat the Elite. This time, uh, it's Matt Jackson going to use the ring bell. He doesn't realize Penta's behind him. Penta uses the ring bell. So... Everyone's using ring bells, and Phoenix did, did not like the fact that he had to use it last time. But look here, if you want to keep hold on to those titles, you do what you gotta do, and that's just what it is. So Dev Triangle's up two to zero. Their next match will be next Wednesday. They actually have it. It's actually a cool format. It actually looks like um like the the NHL or the NBA playoffs, where it's like uh best of seven, and it's like two zero 
three on Wednesday, uh, match four on this Friday, match five if necessary. I love the the whole feel of that. That makes it even more important. That's which is pretty cool. And also during this match, and Ryan was it Ryan Satin? I don't want to put a name to it. I think it was Ryan Satin now. But Ryan Satin tweeted out, I wouldn't be surprised if CM Punk came back because they fed way too much into um, the brawl, which they did. Like, everything they did, from in Chicago, from letting Omega use the GTS in Chicago, to then him biting. He was fucking biting Phoenix, or Penta, it was Phoenix. And I'm like, hmm, this is too close to home with this situation that was very serious and very, very fucking real. Got one person fired and one person wanted to buy out a contract. Like, like, is Tony Khan really just, like, I wonder, right, is this Tony Khan's way of saying, well, I didn't stop you before when I had a, ch- when I had a chance when you were sitting at the podium and I could have probably saved this entire mess. And it's Tony Khan just saying, do what you got, because first the Coca Cabana thing, I was like, okay, maybe that's, that, maybe that's him because people I would assume still don't believe that Coke Cabana went to ROH like he sent Coke Cabana ROH because it was his idea which look here this is his company if he wants no drama in his company that's the only way to fucking do it right Coke Cabana was still but why are we being mad for someone who's still being paid very handsomely to be off television and to play video games like, why are we doing this, right? Like, has anyone thought about that logically? Probably not. Um, but I said, okay, that's that's interesting, right? You know, but this, everything they did would just played into the brawl. This is hours after Kenny Omega says, we can't talk about it, so if anything, you let it go. You're not letting it go. Legitimately, this feels like, it's a, it feels like they're making it into a storyline now. What the end game is, I have no clue, because if CM Punk has a, Torn tricep, which is as I reported last week, was apparently getting better and rehab's going well. We won't see him until next year. But like, are they making this into a storyline now? Are they trying to bring back CM Punk? I don't think so. But we've seen weirder things in wrestling. Maybe behind the scenes, they all talked. Maybe things got worked. I don't fucking know. But this was really interesting. The the fact that they, they. Tony Khan let them do all these things, the biting, the GTS, all, and I remember watching it, and Omega having, I think it was Pac, up on his shoulders, I was like, he's gonna do the fucking G, I, I said that out loud, I was watching, I was at my friend's house, watching her house, and legitimately, I said it out loud, and the dog there, Thor, his name is Thor, just looked at me, I was like, man, that motherfucker, he's about to do GTS, and he did, I was like, hmm, and I get it, it makes sense, because they're in Chicago, and honestly, I've been so busy this week with working that I have not listened to other people's opinions on it. I don't know what people think about this. I I, I saw a tweet. So once again, someone sent me the tweet. I was like, huh, that's interesting. I don't think that's wise. But let's say if they were able to work it out. Let's say if Puck, Punk, excuse me, were able to make some kind of amends. That's interesting in itself. I don't know where you go from there, but um, it's very interesting. Plus, we don't know how uh, all this affects Hangman. We still have two... Uh, if you think about this, right? First of all, AEW has been absolutely hit with injuries in the women's division, right? But when you break everything down, they've had some major injuries in the men's division. Hangman is still out from that concussion last month with that match with Moxley. 
We still have Adam Cole out with that uh, concussion. So like, if they still have some heavy hitters that are still out. Um, but I thought that was very, very interesting. In an announcement, Thunder Rosa has officially relinquished the AEW Women's Championship. And that means Jamie Hayter is now your full Women's Champion. And there's a report per Dave Meltzer that now they're looking at taking away the interim tag from Tony as well. And just dating it back to when she won the championship at All Out. And saying, hey. She technically relinquished it on this date, but we're going to actually make a history book say that she relinquished it much sooner. That way, Tony Storm will be a full AEW champion, not just an interim champion, air quotes again. And then Jamie Hare is now your official women's champion. There's no two titles, um, which means I would assume that Thunder Rose is not going to be back anytime soon. Um, but uh, I know this makes a lot of people happy. I know people didn't like it. It worked earlier this year. Only because they had the things aligning well. Everything aligned well. As far as John Moxley, Forbidden Door, you had the things in place you needed to be in place. So it worked out well this time that for that. I know people still didn't like it, but it actually worked out well story wise. You know. But this uh, if she's gonna be out, it's probably best, you know. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Jamie Hare and Tony Storm, I guess. Report is that Scorpio Sky is cleared to return, but AEW currently has no plans for him. So, uh, getting where you fit in, I guess. Um, Britt Baker is clearly trying to take spotlight from Jamie Hare. This is going to be the cause of their, um, dissension, finally. Is, I, I was assume this match is going to happen at, um, Revolution, where Jamie's going to say, I'm the champ. It's my time. You, Boom. Stay out of my shit. Um, that's, that's where I'm assuming this is going. Uh, in a triple threat tag team, oh, excuse me, yeah, triple threat tag team match, Willow and Sky Blue versus Taya and, um, or Ty and Anna J versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter got the win there. And then in the main event, in a absolute war, bloody chest, blood, just war, for the RH World Championship. Remember, Ishii is a former world television champion. That's this whole gimmick. Jericho's defending that RH World Championship against former champions. Like, Kokoban was never a former world champion or even a TV champion, but he won the tag team championships. So, any former champion gets a shot at it. And Jericho has defeated Ishii, but that was, and I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I'm a huge Jericho fan, and I've been stunned. By the matches he's had, I want to say since June, since they had that lights out match in June, to me, I think Jericho has, if he has a, if he has a strikeout, he's still batting ten for twelve or ten or eleven. I just don't remember a bad match. Bandito got him a contract, great match. Claudio, great match. Brian Moxley, Ishii, maybe the Coca Bannon was the weakest match of them all. And no, I don't think Coca Bannon's wrestled in months. So that's still impressive. But yeah, I can see that. Um, that was just wow. But, but I have one nitpick. And I've been holding off on saying it because 
to show I like to be positive, right? There's way too much ROH influence on this show. I know why. It's clearly, I don't care what anyone says. It's clearly they have a TV deal somewhere. Streaming deal, TV deal. They have something set up, which is why this ROH stuff is in your face so much. But it's, it's to the point now where it's too much even for me. Even me being appreciative of them wanting to keep the ROH name alive and stuff like that. It's even too much for me. And I'm just kind of like, Ugh. We need to do something. Now, I am happy that we've moved on from the Blackpool Combat Club and fucking, well, technically we haven't because Claudio gets his rematch for the ROH Championship. But we need to move on from, to a different feud for both of these groups. We have to. But I had to say that because I'm like, man, that's, that's, mm, that's a little too much for me. But like, yeah, I think it's time... But, you know, I can see both sides, but me as a fan, kind of, man, let's be AEW. I enjoy AEW, so that's my thing. Last couple things here. That's one to pick. Last couple things here. It looks like the Acclaimed have moved, are moving on to uh, their tag team championships. It looks like Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Jeff Jarrett, and, and Santam Singh will be the ones challenging next, which they won't win, obviously. And then Jay Cargill ditches Kiera Hogan, gives her her walking papers. She's no longer a part of the baddie group now that Red Velvet's back. I, I assume she was only there until Red Velvet came back anyway. Now Red Velvet looks like she's back and ready to go, looking amazing as usual. So um, she has her TBS championship and her baddies back. So there you go. So that's your Dynamite review. Not many notes this week, honestly. I, I was looking for some stuff, and um, maybe I just missed it. I, I don't know, but... Um, Either way, it doesn't matter. But um, uh, before we go today, I just want to say that the rest of this, the rest of this year, up until the twenty-first of December, on the Wednesday shows programming notes, we are finishing up the Blackest I recorded episode in our retrospective season nine, and that will take us to December twenty-first, and then the last episode, which I have not recorded, which will be on December twenty-eighth of the year, for the Wednesday show. Um, will be a retrospective or not retrospective, a, a, my ranking of how the MCU did this year, like my shows from one to seven, I think it was excluding the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, holiday special, which I have not watched and I don't care to watch it. Um, but that's not the only programming note. One more programming note, which is a more important programming note. Um, as of January 1st and January 1st is a Sunday or a Monday, I believe. Uh, let me look it. Let's, let's look it up. Hold on one second. Get calendar out. It is a Sunday. That will be the last show before I take a hiatus. I have a lot of things going on in the first three months of next year. A lot of things. Um, and I need to make sure those are being focused on. But I'm going to be honest with you guys. The hiatus comes from me watching wrestling this past week. And realizing I wasn't really enjoying I, I I was enjoying it, but not enjoying it like I should be. And I know the feeling. The feeling that I had with the previous podcast, where it was burnout. Writing notes, not enjoy That's why I enjoyed that Survivor Series uh, War Games with, Blood, with the Bloodline versus the Brawling Brutes so much. Because it took me out of the... I didn't write any notes. I, didn't write, I wrote no script, nothing. 
legitimately took me out of that and put me back in the fandom seat, which is so important. But next year, I'm moving. I have Civilized Savage, a comic book I wrote, going out. I have a soundtrack I'm working on, all that in the first three months. And I said, you know what? I need to. I don't want to get burned out to the point where I stop doing it, just random stop doing the show. So I want to give you guys a head up, heads up. January first, Sunday, January first will be the last show. We're not gonna do a Monday show. We're gonna do a Sunday show. We're gonna do the the, the comic of the month, or I'm mean, assuming the, the match of the month. We're gonna do predictions that on the same show, and we're gonna do just a full show. And I will take a highest and the people for those of you guys who follow me on Instagram, I will I will uh, stay active, and I will still respond to your messages, and I'll let you, you guys know when the podcast comes back. Uh, as of right now, I don't know. But I know I need a, a, a break, and um, it's just time to do it. So um, I just wanted to be honest with that, upfront with that. And I remember listening to a Steve Austin interview one time, and he was saying how the reason why he took the high, he took like a year hiatus from his podcast. He was like he needed it because he said it's a, it was a ta- daunting task. And he was like, even though he just wasn't doing much at the time. He says getting guests and talking about. He says it just became the same thing, and I felt that way this week. Like Raw is first of all, Raw is gonna be Raw. I'm sorry, but no one can save a three hour fucking show. It's just what it is, right? Um, but a Dynamite was fun to watch, and I couldn't enjoy it. But then War Games happened. I said, man, because I, I was already thinking about it earlier in the week, and then Wednesday said I'm gonna take a break. But then coming home last night. And then watching that that match, I was like, man, I can't lose you guys again. I can't lose this podcast again. It will come back 100%. It's just I can't lose myself in the burnout again. So I wanted to make that known and that uh, there are still shows that, that are happening. Um, and also, you guys can still hear me because I'm actually booked for like 20 other podcasts where other people want me on their podcast. So you guys will still hear this this this, this gruffy voice. So. Anyways, that is the show for this Monday. Check out this week's Wednesday show to continue the Blacklist Watch perspective. And then next week, next Monday, will be the first Monday of December. For Sunday, December, we will have a match of the month, a comic of the, no, match of the month. We'll do that. And uh, we'll go from there. So thank you guys for listening. Talk to you guys on, on Wednesday, excuse me. This is The Slow Chemical, and we are out.